0: what what is up everybody it's your boy tpj i am here live from the protest i am going to record an episode of the real talk with tpj podcast Um, this is i'm here from the protest so i want you to continue to hear it in the background so that way you can feel like you're here even if you're just on a walk or you're in your treadmill at home you know hopefully this will inspire you to actually get out there and, and do something and keep doing something I've been seeing a lot of white CEOs lately on the internet talking and propagating and speaking about Black Lives Matter, and I'm glad that they're finally waking up. But I also need them to wake up beyond just tweeting it, beyond just marketing it. I need them to step up and actually make a difference, because they're not stepping up and they're making a difference. And when I say that, I mean with their hiring and firing practices. I think that a lot of people, you know, a lot of black people, a lot of brown people, Face a lot of discriminatory hiring and firing practices. And I don't think that it's fair. And I think that we have to really address that. Like, we cannot claim to be a society and a nation that is one that is looking for reform, as they say, as they claim, but then we're not seeing it in their action as it comes and as it pertains to equal pay and people being paid. I think that we have to understand that. When you fire a black man, it takes twice as long as that white person that you fired to get hired. But when you fire a black man, it takes twice as long for that black man to get hired as it does for that white person that you fired. I personally, many a times in my life, worked under um, white Americans and had no problem with a lot of my white bosses. But I've also had a lot of my bosses who've taken advantage of me, not physically, but taking advantage in terms of my kindness um, and also just in terms of the, the want to continue to stay hired and employed in the workplace and the ability to need to continue to feed your family. You know, a lot of people might not know this, but, you know, when I was like around, you know, you know 15, 16, we had finally gotten our first house. And then once we had finally gotten our first, house, it might have been 14, but once we had finally gotten our first house and everything, um, you know, as we were going through all of that, you know, kind of, you know, you know, the woes and the happiness of finally being a black kid to not live in an apartment or a townhouse. And once I actually finally made it to that particular point um, in my life, my mom, for the first time in a long time, had, I believe, gotten let go from her school. And it took her an exceptionally long time to find a new job. Usually my mother was able to find a new job like that. But my mother's health has been deteriorating um, for like the past decade. And I'm not gonna tell all her personal business and say every single thing that's wrong with her and all that because that's not for me to say. But what I will say is that ever since I was 16, I've had to go out and I've had to make money to provide a feed help feed my family, or at least, like, help feed myself, take care of myself, and that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand, like, I don't come from a background of equity or poverty, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not a, sorry, not a poverty, of privilege, I don't come from a background of equity or of privilege, I come from one of poverty, we struggled, you know, you know, the funniest part was, I was trying to say that, you know, that I don't come from, and then even literally a, a Floridian a slip, you know, kind of, you know, did that, like, like, I, I come from poverty, you know, my mother was a school teacher, and she worked so much that she was able to finally buy a house on her own, like, do you know how proud that made me of my mother, and then to have to potentially watch it slip away, it was, it was, a, it was a feeling that I don't really know if you can understand or you can comprehend because from a very young age, I've always been the man of the house. My father was an abusive one, uh, one that was not a great person, not a great person to inspire change, to inspire you to want to do anything. Um, a, a, a chauvinist of, um, not a bigot, but a chauvinist, a pig, an abuser, um, both of substance and physical, and an all around tyrant, honestly. Like, you know, at least, or at least that's how I remember when he wasn't high. So as a black man, I'm coming up, father on crack, mother a school teacher working to get by, And I have to immediately figure out how to get money without doing it illegally. you know? Even the allowances, the money you get to go to school and all of this stuff like that, it's cool, it's enough, but it's not enough. You actually put it into the proper context of everything that you need to put into context, right? So, you know, I say all that to say that I've been working since I was 16. And I'm sure it's a lot of white guys that'll be like, yeah, I've been working since I was 16, too. And I'll be like, yeah, but you never had to work under the rule and the thumb of racism since you were 16. You've never had to worry about people that you work with accusing you of stealing or doing things that you shouldn't be doing or seeing your white co-workers steal, misappropriate, sexually abuse and do all kinds of malicious and mean things with malice intent and malintent and they get away with it. And even for a small infraction or an infraction of not even equal proportion, you know, you see the system be levied against you because at the end of the day, a loud white woman or a loud white man is going to always, 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 always in America have a louder voice and be able to project further than a black man. And that is because there is more white people there. So even when it comes to a sense of empathy, sympathy, whatever you want to refer to it as, whatever you and your mind need to refer to it as, you have to think about it from the perspective of... When you think about redlining and systematic oppression in terms of not being able to get homes in good neighborhoods and being and black people being all put in terrible neighborhoods, not having the proper amount of money for education and things of that sort. All of my white friends that I knew usually grew up with a mom and a dad. Their dad usually wasn't strung out on drugs out in the streets. And they usually, if they didn't have a two-parent income, their fathers had generational wealth or some form of wealth before. I don't know a ton of white guys that are, that are and I mean, I mean white, I don't mean any of my brothers out there that are Jewish or that are Mexican or that are Puerto Rican, and just because your skin white, you think you're white. You're not white. You're not tan. And actually, I'm done calling white people white. I'm calling y'all tan for now. You're not tan. You're not tan. You're not light tan. So because you're not light tan, because of the fact that you're not light tan, instantly you get judged every single place you go. I have had family members die around me. You can go right now. There's a documentary by the same gentleman who um, uh, directed the uh, the movie Who's Dreams. It's called The Interrupters. It's, it's literally, um, you know, on whatever service you want to go. Right. So even when you look at that, you know, that service in particular. And everything that encompasses what's going on with that, you know, you know, know, with that service, you have to also, I'm sorry, because the protest is stopping. Everybody's getting on a knee. Um, But what I'm saying is that look at that documentary. It's about interrupters in Chicago and interrupters being former gang members or former people that were criminals or street people that are going to try to interrupt people basically in the stage where they are about to commit murder or contemplating murder within their neighborhood and they go and they interrupt those things and they break those up one of my blood relatives blood cousin i think he might be either my first or second cousin is in that documentary being buried being eulogized i think he has about a i think there's about a 20 to 30 minute part in that documentary my father's in that documentary. My cousins are in that documentary. Family are in that documentary. That is my family. That is what I come from. We come from a place of poverty, where you, you know, you know, where you think it's easy, it's never been easy. I've always lived amongst the drug dealers and the drug abusers because of the, you know, you know, you know, way that we've been able to live. So even when my mother got that first house, that was the first time we were ever able not to be in a neighborhood really with a bunch of drug abusers and stuff. And then all of a sudden as the protest comes to a crescendo and then all of a sudden you know it all slips on its head in a neighborhood instantly that was once full of older african-americans then becomes a neighborhood filled with a bunch of young african-americans and because of people being forced out of the projects they scatter all over the city they don't have the proper income that they need and then murder spreads the area in which I grew up on, there is so much murder and things that go on within that area. Even in the area in which I left before I left Chicago, I can't go back there because if I do, there are nine times out of ten I'll be robbed or something. And not because of who I am, but because of that's just how you know bad that neighborhood has become. And honestly, I haven't even been in Chicago for forever, so I can't even speak in a test To everything that is still going on in that neighborhood. But honestly, my homie still, he still stay over there. So he can't, so he's told me nothing has changed. If he's telling me nothing has changed, then I know it's still the same neighborhood. So, because of that, that's what I grew up in. That's what I came up in. So when you're a white CEO and you decide to fire your black employee over your white employee. Because your white employee has the potential to make more noise because of the very privilege that that person inherently has, you're not only putting a black man out of work for six or 12 months, you could be potentially putting him out of work for years. Or as we've seen a lot of, the, uh, you, know, you know, with a lot of individuals that come from where I come from, once you can't find work, you go out and you make work and you take work. And that's the shit that is the downfall of our society when it comes to drugs and violence. But that happens because we don't have the same opportunities levied. I just happened to be a smart individual that came up and decided that the things that I saw in my neighborhood and the things that I saw amongst my people wasn't what I wanted for my life and what I wanted for my future children. So, you know, whether I've dealt with it on the corporate side or whether I've dealt with it getting, I've been fired from a charity before, before a lot of my other white counterparts. Actually, I had a, I had a job for a charity, recruiting people to sign up for the charity in the dead winter of Chicago. In the dead winter of Chicago, in the dead winter of Chicago, it was negative 11 degrees outside. We were out there trying to sign people up for this charity, and you had to get 3 signups a day. I started with a, started with a group of a couple of white girls, and I think it was a white dude with long blonde hair, and like another black girl or Hispanic girl or something like that. And literally, literally, I was fired basically before everybody else. My numbers weren't I mean, necessarily lower than anyone else. But honestly, I didn't even make it through three paycheck cycles. And it was in the dead of December. You can legit go look that winner up. The, I mean, the Chicago Bears played a game on Monday Night Football, and it was like negative 11 that night. And I was literally on the streets of Chicago recruiting for a charity. And I got fired before all my white counterparts got fired. So that's what I say when I say all of this stuff gets evil, get wicked. It does get evil. It does get wicked. So when you white and you're a CEO, you got to check your privilege. I'm a black. I'm a black co-founder of a company. We haven't been privileged enough to get to the standpoint where you know we're going to. And I'm gonna go ahead and turn around because I'm gonna be getting way, way, way too far from the crib. But we haven't been privileged enough to experience, I'm sorry, I got to turn away from the protest. I got to head home because literally I'm getting like way, way far away from my house. And if I keep walking, it's going to take me forever to get back at night. And I only do this because literally, I I try not to stay in the protest too long, usually um, around an hour or so. But I mainly do that because coronavirus and COVID is so rampant. And with coronavirus and COVID being so rampant, I'm also a future father. So I'm expecting So I also don't want to get sick to make my girlfriend get sick, but also I have to get out here for our child and protest for our civil liberties. Like, it's not okay. It hasn't been okay. I haven't been okay. I haven't been okay this whole damn week. I've been crying every day. I've been crying almost every goddamn day, you know, with no hesitation. So I can sit up here and I can act as if I'm okay, but I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I am not okay. And I haven't been okay for a while. And it fucks with me because I really think all of this shit, I need therapy because of all of this stuff that's going on. You know, and I've always thought that, you know, that's been something that, you know, needed to be explored for me just personally for, you know, me to be happy and for my mental health. But I need therapy for everything that we're going through. The black community as a whole needs therapy. It's been literally um, I'll be 30 in about 14 days. I'll be 30 in about in about 14 days or 13 days. It's been nonstop trauma for three decades. Now, whether that be at the hands of my father and black men and black people when I was younger, whether that be at the hands of dealing with cops and racial prejudice and things growing up when I was 16 and having to watch all of my friends get roughed up and beat up and all of this stuff by the police, knowing that I have friends that had gotten beat up by the police plenty of times but never had gone to jail. Like, do you know how crazy that is? Like, like I know so many black dudes that got their ass beat by the police and never actually went to the station. It, it had, used to happen to kids a lot when we was in high school. they break up some fights, beat the shit out of people, and then get out. So... I just say that to say, if you're a white CEO, check your privilege, man. Check yourself, bro. Check yourself. If you're a tan, a light tan, sorry, light tan, check yourself. Really. Because it's, it's time for a change in an open and an honest dialogue. Because for so long we've been told, yo, you can't have this dialogue. Don't do that. You're not American. It's like, yo, how? How you figure? If my mother's mother was born here, how am I not American? Thing that I find to be quite appalling and quite amazing overall as I head back from the protest, which actually was a much, much smaller protest. It was, yesterday It was one of the largest things I've, largest groups and bodies of people I've ever been in in my life. And I'm not joking. It was, it was absolutely insane. Um, but even with that being said, um, what was I about to say? Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a point. I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit um, think a little bit, pontificate a little bit, I guess, about just everything that's going on and how I feel about it and, and put it again in its proper context because I do think that... Actually, I'm going to keep my camera on. Um, but I do think that it's it's a scary time, man. And I think that the guy that's at the top in the White House isn't helping at all either because, to me, he's making it feel like it's not even about like like um it's not just about black people it's about people that don't serve an agenda one that i think is evil and, and inserted in white supremacy and nazism and all of that and you know i mean i'm not going to i'm not going to openly accuse the man of being a nazi but i mean if you i mean he if it runs with Nazis and hangs with white supremacists. I mean, I don't know. If my skin looks dark, will they call me a nigger? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And yeah, you say, depends. Depends on the context. Depends on what you're looking at, right? So, depends on where you're at in America. You could be in Mississippi, old Miss. I'm sure all those college football players that you know, you know, are shaking in their pants right now because they want to get out of their hoods and their opportunities and they, you know, the prospect of education, if you're a future high school player or a future, um, you know, college football player or an African-American, anything where you really got a, a scholarship athletically in these white institutions, it's very interesting because... You know, these black players can protest against the NCAA and not necessarily the NCAA, but also protest against their coaches and their universities, racism and bigotry. But then they no longer have the opportunity to earn an education. And thus, by no longer having the opportunity to earn an education, they're going to be forced back out onto the street to do things that, as I said before, if you can't make work, you find that you take work. That is... that's what we have to go through. That's what we have to think about. That's what we have to deal with. We have to deal with knowing that there are communities in the United States that rioted when Obama won his first and second term of presidency. That rioted. Rioted during his first and term presidency after being elected. Rioted. So, you know, we didn't, We didn't, we didn't. And that was a homeless person. She said she's not a fan of this, pers- of this protest and that she's a homeless person because of this bullshit. And she said, leave her alone, because that's what you heard. I wasn't coming near her, by the way. I don't even have on any protest gear or anything. Uh, I just got on like regular clothes today. Uh, and I keep my sign in my bag, because actually, it's actually going to be a painting. My girlfriend just had like these white painting easels, because we paint together when we want to hang out. So that was pretty cool. So I'm gonna paint it one day and, you know, and hang it up and explain to my son the context of it and why his dad had to do what he had to do and go out and risk, you know, everything that we're all risking for for the sake of humanity. Like, they thought that because this COVID shit was happening, that we weren't gonna care. And it's like, nah, fam, Uh uh-uh, no. Because I was trying to force us outside anyways. They were trying to force us outside anyways, literally. Everybody was trying to force us outside so that way we could start to begin to re-stimulate the economy, which, which, speculative, obviously, um, because I have to actually go back and do my research, but I believe it was either the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times. One of those major news, actually, let me, let me look it up. To look this shit up, cause I don't want to. I don't want to just give out bad information. But basically, what it was saying was, um, hold on. let's see. How long would it take for the economy, economy rebound? All right. So under economy rebound, it says, um. Let's see. Economy Rebound Wall Street Journal. Let's see. Economy Rebound Wall Street Journal. They say... Somebody says that it's poised for... Nah, that's old. It's pre-George. says for the economy, the worst of coronavirus shutdowns may be over, according to the Wall Street Journal. Um, but it says, based, uh, bets on a slow economic recovery challenge the, on the market, really... But I also saw some stuff earlier. that was saying that basically the market is doing so well because of the stimulus, and because they put so much money into the market that it has no other choice but to get better. Um, but basically, I was seeing something from one. I was here. I can I gotta find it. I literally have to find it, and I hopefully you find it after you listen to this. So don't take this as fact. This is speculative, as I said. Said so that the economy will take 10 years to to get back to where it was based upon where it currently is, and 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 a financial analyst like projections. That literally means this, this country is on like the brink of like financial ruin and downfall because right we're, we're the biggest and we're the best because we have the biggest and the best military but we also have the most money but at this point we're starting to borrow more than we have or at least borrow more than we can produce reasonably. So it's interesting from that prospe- um, you know, prospect, sorry, um, put on my mask. I try to put on my mask around everybody because you know I've been out moving so much, but looking at that prospect, um, what was I about to say? It's only gonna get worse. And this is just an indictment that we've received. We have not won the battle of getting these murderers brought to justice. And I've heard every lawyer on CNN say, oh, well, we think we can get a proper conviction and we think that the evidence might and that the preponderance of evidence, and blah, 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 blah. And this is a slam dunk case. And I think, yeah, but you underestimate, yeah. sorry, white CEOs and white people you underestimate me, you underestimate that particular part of your own community, which we're talking about. And if they've been telling me, sorry, I'm walking up a hill. Forgive me. I done walked about fucking, I don't know. I don't even know. Shit, maybe it's 10 miles, past three days, four days, 10, 15 miles, in protest in the LA heat. This shit is no joke. We really mean this shit. And that's the point. So, I don't wanna just see a marketing tweet or A PR firm put out a statement, or your PR firm put out a statement. Show it in your actions. You know? Show it in your actions. Because you can ask anybody about me, they'll tell me I'm the hardest working person they've ever met. Yo, I love TBJ. He's amazing. He's hardworking, he's beautiful, he's great. Great human being, most people, works hard. Good person all around. Most people will say that. Some people might call me a loud mouth party boy, which I am, but me being a loud mouth party boy, part of my entertainment brand. It's not who I am as a human being. Um, never has been who I am as a human being. I am loud, but it's not. I don't just walk around screaming at, every, at people. But when you're black, I mean, I guess, Anytime you get any kind of loud, everybody tell you you're screaming or you're too loud or you're too this or you're too that or don't do this, don't move this way. Don't be big and boisterous. So they also tell us don't be big and boisterous, especially around cops, you wanna know why? Because they get scared and then they shoot and they kill us for no reason. Just because we are large and black. When I've heard, I've been around plenty of white boys that have screamed on the police in front of them called them all kind of bitches and F-words and I'm not talking about the F-U words. So it's all very, very interesting where we would go because if the economy doesn't rebound a lot of you white CEOs out there that aren't rich but that run a regular company and or that has a workforce built of minorities in this new world... You know... If shit don't recover... You might be out of business... And you'll be working for someone else... Working under the rule and the thumb of someone else... You know... Unless you happen to be one of those big tech... You know guys... Which I understand if you're one of those big tech guys... I'll, I'll be it... But I don't believe every single... CEO... White CEO in America is a tech person... I think you all have all different shapes, sizes, and, and colors, you know? Some light tan people, some mid light tan people, some really red light tan people, you know, with a little red hint underneath. But, you know, I, I, I really feel like the only way that we're gonna ever even get to another construct of eliminating racism also, is to fully, fully get rid of, fully, The terms, black, white, brown, um, you know what I mean? Like, I'm cool. I think we just need to start, I don't know. I don't really know where we get to. I just think, why can't we all just be people, you know? I just don't understand that. I think about that a lot. Yeah, you know, like, why can't I just be a, 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 a person, you know? I even hate when people ask me to like describe people. They're like, Alright, who was him? I'm like, yeah, man, he's a big dude. Loud, goofy, straight hair. Like, what color is he? Like, G-. but I don't know. Like I said, I'm just talking shit. But I'm also not shitting on white CEOs because you know. A few of them have given me chances. Um, shout out to you know, George Strompolis. He's not white, but he's a, you know, you know, he's a person of Greek descent. He's been a person that has given me a chance and an opportunity. Ew, I don't wanna walk over here. All right, whatever. I'm walking in the area where I ain't no damn, uh, ain't no goddamn people. Cause I don't want one of these police officers to catch me and fuck me up. You know what I mean? Cause y'all, hey, y'all think it's sweet just as they kneeling on TV, shit. They'd be like, ooh. I see one right there, he by himself. Ain't nobody around me. Whoop my motherfucking ass. And then y'all be reading about me. You know? So I'd be a fucking hashtag. Which is the funniest part, because if you're a YCO and you're listening to this, that's crazy, right? Imagine that thought. Me being a hashtag. But also this is the other funny part. I think that is all I think that it's very interesting to me that when people come with these all lives matters, but they say all white people get murdered by the police. They never seem enraged that white people are being murdered by the police. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it never, it never seems like when they're like, oh lives matter, and you're like, yeah, they're like, we're getting murdered, and you guys! And I'm just always like, bro, you not mad about that shit? Like for real, you not mad, bro? Like you not mad y'all ain't getting fucked up? Y'all getting killed, you getting murdered? Even if we're getting murdered at a disproportionate rate, you're still happy that there are other white people out there that are being murdered by the police? Like, that doesn't, like, like those types of things and that way of thinking, is this, a, is this a through street? Yeah, and that way of thinking defies logic to me. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. You shouldn't want anybody to be murdered by the police. Like, literally, if we could live in a world where there was no one murdered by the police, that would be the dopest shit ever. Dead ass. Ever. Ever. Ever my nigga. Ever. It would be the dopest shit ever. We could live in a world where literally nobody got murdered by the police or nobody got murdered by the law. It would be the dopest shit. It would be the dopest shit ever. But you know, I understand militaries are gonna to continue to fight and people will go to war. But they told me this land was free. They told me I was free here. They told me this was the land of opportunity it told me I could be anything I wanted to be here. And I believed a lot of that shit. I still believe it. I believe it for my child. I want my child to have those opportunities. But, you know, just some some, some random thoughts, you know? I just wanna hear from y'all. But more than hear from y'all, from a Twitter statement, I just wanna see y'all act and move, bro. Should be no reason why you got open staff positions. I know you got black people that then, that then try to interview, bro. Even if they don't work out, that position's still open. You're still missing that hole. You can always hire another person. You know, just a thought. Just a thought. All right. I'm out.